Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. If you're here this morning to learn about new relationships, new you, new relationships, we can learn about your relationship with God. That's the primary thing. That's the foundational thing. In this moment, I want to read to you Romans chapter 8. Let me just say this, too. Uh, There's some other business we've got to get to, other church business we've got to get to. We'll get to that here in a second. We're going to pray over some people. We're going to bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord here in a little bit. So, ushers, you guys just flow with me. Okay? This is not the usual thing. If If you're here for the very first time, we're glad that you're here, but you're, in, you're getting to, like, sit in on a family moment right now. This is just, you're welcome, you're part of the family already, day one. You walk in, it's like a brand new baby's born, and they're already part of the family. So, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Um, I, I used to be in this church where sometimes a song would be sung, or the scripture reading would be, be read, and the pastor would get up and say, that's the sermon right there, you guys. I mean, anything else I have to say is just kind of like icing on the cake, but that's, that's it. And, uh, and so today I'm not going to preach. I'm going to read to you Romans chapter 8. And this is going to be the message along with everything else that has been happening here already this morning. This is the message that what God is doing in us and among us in this season. So just receive this. Um, If we back up Romans chapter 7, this is from the message. This is not going to be on the screen. You can open up your Bible app if you want to read along, or you can just sit and listen. But I I want to encourage you this. Russell and I were talking about this this morning. We were talking about this as as, as a worship team. Sometimes there's certain passages of Scripture that become so familiar to us that we can read through them and not grasp the new thing that the Holy Spirit is wanting to highlight to us. So I want you to listen to this this morning with new ears, with fresh ears. And it's one of the reasons why I feel like Holy Spirit wants us to read this in the message because I don't think I've ever read this entire chapter in the message before, but yesterday morning I was reading through this, this one scripture. I think it was even the scripture of the day on the Version app. And I was reading through it like in the normal translations I was reading. I typically read in like ESV or NASB. I felt prompted, read it in the message. And then I was like, oh, that's really good. Let's just read the entire chapter. And I uh, read this, and I was like, man, I I think this is what the Lord has for us today. And I, But I didn't say that to anybody. And then uh, myself and Aaron, Logan, Jamie, and Emmy, we were talking about some things yesterday morning. They were sharing some some dreams and some testimonies. And we're going to get to that here also. And, and I said, hey, this, this chapter, let me read this passage to you guys. So I read like the first four or five verses of Romans 8 to them in the message. And Jamie's like, why did you stop? Keep going. So I read it. And then Emmy's like, I think you should just read that entire chapter tomorrow at church. I was like, you know what? I, I, the Holy Spirit already said that to me, but I wasn't sure. Thank you for confirming that. So this... No, this is what the Lord has for us today, has for you today. You're not here by accident. You're not watching online by accident. Listen with brand new ears. Jesus acted 
to set these things right in this life of contradictions. And here's, here's what the life of con- contradictions are. It's, I want to serve God with my heart and my mind, but sometimes I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. It's a life of contradiction, right? But with the arrival of Jesus, who is the Messiah, that faith, fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ's being here for us, they no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. You get that? That's what's the law of sin and death. It's brutal tyranny to your soul. And Jesus has come, and he's changed it all. The fateful dilemma is resolved. I love this. God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote or unimportant. In his son, Jesus, he personally took on the human condition. He entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. The law code, weakened as it always was by fractured human nature, could never have done that. Could never have done that. And how many times do we return to the law like a dog returns to its vomit? It's time to walk away from it. It's time to run away from it and embrace Jesus who has come and resolved this fateful dilemma. The law always ended up being used as a band-aid on sin instead of a deep healing of it. And now what the law code asked for, but we could never deliver, it's accomplished as we, instead of redoubling on our own efforts, instead of trying harder, oh God, I just want to obey your commandments. I want to love you and prove to you. No, instead of that, we just simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in and among us. Those who think they can do it on their own, they end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle, but they never get around to exercising it in real life. I'll read that again. Those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle, but they never get around to exercising it in real life. Those who trust God's actions in them Find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing. Obsession with self in these matters, it's a dead end. But attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious, free life. Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in their life, in their own self, they ignore God. They end up thinking more about their self than God. That person ignores who God is and what he's doing. And God isn't pleased at being ignored. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. Anyone, of course, who is not welcomed to this invisible but clearly present spirit of Christ, they won't know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome him, in whom he dwells, 
Even though you still might experience the limitations of sin, you can experience life on God's terms. That's good news. That's good news. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does, as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be alive as Christ's. Y'all are quiet in here. Get some Jesus in you. <laughs> so don't you see that we don't owe one red cent to this old do-it-yourself life? There's nothing in it for us. Nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons you. There are things God has planned for you to do in places he wants you to go. This resurrection life you've received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's not like, oh, I'm such a sinner. Oh, I'm such a sinner. No, you're saved by grace. You're saint. It's adventurously expecting. It's greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are. Father, children. And we know we're going to get what's coming to us. You know, we, we always said that to one another. Well, they had it coming to them. Or you're going to get what's coming to you. But it's always with this negative connotation. But here, Paul's saying, you're going to get what's coming to you. And you know what he says, what you're, what's coming to you? An unbelievable inheritance. Something you didn't earn. Something you can't deserve. And it's coming to you. Where am I? <laughs> we go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. Some of y'all sing here these lyrics on the screen. Y'all sing the melody and you don't believe it. You got to believe it. If you want breakthrough in your life, step into the place of belief. If you want to see change, step into the place of faith. Align your heart with God's truth. What does he say? If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. We love to talk about suffering. And suffering is a real thing. And Jesus said that that would come to us and we'd have to walk through that. But you know what? That's not all there is to the life and following Jesus. There's also going through the good times with him. He says, that's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. There's no comparison. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Everything in creation is being more or less held back. God reigns it in until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious time ahead. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. It's deepening. It's like stirring up deep waters. Ooh. All around us, we observe a pregnant creation. 
the difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling these birth pains. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That's why waiting does not diminish us. It doesn't diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We've had some moms who've had babies around here recently. And the due date passes. But that baby's coming out sometime. It's coming out. There's nothing that you can stop it. The baby is coming. And you're like, when is that coming? The waiting. I'm waiting for this baby to come. I'm waiting for this, this thing that God promised to come true in my life. It's coming. It's coming. What's your response ought to be? Is it supposed to be unbelief? Is it supposed to be doubt? Is it supposed to be getting in a bad attitude with God? No, it's supposed to be what Paul says, joyful expectation. <clears throat> we are enlarged in the waiting. Baby just keeps getting bigger. Keeps getting bigger inside. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait... The larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. <laughs> Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, because that's a reality, God's Spirit is right alongside us, helping us along. If we don't know how to pray, if you don't know how to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans. Sometimes it's just enough for you to go, God, God, uh, I don't know what to say. I don't even know what to pray. What does he say? It doesn't matter. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God, it's worked into something good. God knew what it, Yeah. Be happy about it. Come on. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same line as the life of his son. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape your life, those of us that love him, along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity that he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in Jesus. After God made that decision, let me, did you hear that? God's original intended shape for your life looks like Jesus. That's not a word of condemnation. That's not like, your life doesn't look like Jesus. What would Jesus do? That's like, that's hope. That's expectancy. Oh, you know what? Today, there's some areas of my life. They don't look like Jesus. I'm not going to walk in condemnation. I'm just going to step into that. I'm going to choose to come into agreement with that word. I'm going to come into agreement with God's word that his original shape for my life is supposed to look like Jesus. And that, that fills me with joy. That's good news. 
Because I know, I know my shortcomings. Nobody has to remind me of those. But you know what I need to be reminded? That's not, my shortcomings are not my original shape and, and intention that God had. My original shape and intention for what God had is the person of Jesus. I'm going to step into that. I'm going to come into agreement with that. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. I think what this means here, as I was reading this and praying about this, I don't think it means that God says, well, he's calling them by name. Jake. Well, yeah, God knows your name. Elijah. Jody. I don't think that's what that means. Those are the names that your parents gave you. And that's great. God knows those names. But there's different names that he has for you. Different names that we haven't even discovered sometimes yet. Different things that we haven't stepped into yet. And that's what he's calling us. That's the names that he's calling us by. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. Hey, come over here. Come sit with me. And then, after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what he'd begun. God hasn't left you. He's going to see it to the end. He's going to see you to the end. He's not left you. He's not forsaken you. He has a good plan for your life. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like today. He's got a great plan for your life. Come into agreement with it. So what do you think? Good question. It matters what you think. What is it? I quote this Tozer line all the time. The most important thing about us is what comes into our minds when we think about God. It shapes your entire life. So what do you think? What do you think about all this? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? Makes sense to me. If God went to such great lengths to come to earth in in the form of Jesus and to do away with a law code and to bring in a new covenant and a new new kind of relationship that human beings can have with him through Jesus. Hey, my life with God doesn't just doesn't end with like, oh my, I have salvation. There's so much more. If you think the gospel is just about getting to heaven, you're missing a whole lot, my friend. There's a whole lot more that God wants to do in you and through you than just get you to heaven. He wants to bring his kingdom to earth through you. He wants to take your life and mold you and make you into what he intentionally shaped you for. And that's to look like the person of Jesus. So if God didn't hesitate to do all that, is there anything that he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And let me ask this question. Who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? I'm telling you, when the enemy comes at you, when he messes with you, he's an idiot. The devil is stupid to mess with God's chosen. You are God's chosen. You are God's chosen. And the devil is stupid to mess with you. Stupid. Like That's the S word in our house. Glad my kids aren't in here to hear that. 
You can say that when you're talking about the devil. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's the King James Version of this very chapter. All right. Who would dare even to point a finger? You know what Revelation says about Satan? That he's the accuser of the brethren. That night and day that he's trying to accuse. But they overcame him. By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Who would dare even point a finger? The devil's stupid. I said that, not Eugene Peterson. Anyway. The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? Do you think anyone can do that? Do you think anything can do that? No. There's no way. There is no way. Not trouble. Now, some of y'all need to hear this. Because you're facing trouble right now. Hear God's truth. Do you think anyone, do you think anything is going to be able to drive a wedge between you and God's love for you? No way. Not trouble. Not hard times. Not hatred. Not hunger. Not homelessness. Not bullying threats. Not backstabbing. Not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living, nothing dead, nothing angelic or demonic, nothing today or tomorrow, nothing high or low, nothing thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Okay, just for you, Aaron. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture, not anything that you are going through right now, not anything that you don't even know is coming at you tomorrow. You don't even know it exists yet. It can't separate you from Christ's love for you. Can we keep reading? All right. I'll say it again. None of this faces us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way Jesus, our master, has embraced us. So the question I have today is, what, or what do we think? What do we think? Listen, I'm, I'm tired of just like nominal Christianity. I'm tired of just like, I don't want to go through the motions. I could have slept in a lot longer today and been a lot less tired than I am. That would have been nice. But... 
Who cares? I want to be here with you. I want to be here in the house of God. I want to be here with hungry people who have expectancy when they come and they show up. Say, God, we're going to meet you. We're going to have miracles. We're going to see miracles. God, I want my shadow to heal some people. Not because, hey, look at me. Oh, man, he's spiritual. No, because I just want God's kingdom to come to earth. (laughs) Yeah, hey, look at him. Not, hey, look at me. So what do you think? Come and come into agreement with you. I tell you what, his presence, his power is available to us. Emmy, why don't you come share first? Emmy's got a um, powerful testimony for us for something that's happened and that she's observed over the last, you know, four or six weeks or something. Yeah, um, back in December, Logan and I and a few others had gone to Knoxville to help with this retreat that a friend of ours was putting on. Um, And on the last night, uh, he had invited, like, there were people that were attending the weekend retreat, but he had invited others in the community to come out for the worship and everything that we were going to be doing to close out the retreat. And um, right before we started, I noticed these three teenagers walk in, and um, one of them was this kid named Bryson. He's, like, 16. He recently gotten saved, and he dragged his cousins along. And one of them was this girl. She's about, I think she's 14. Um, she came in and she just was like on her phone in the corner like she wouldn't look at anyone and she just looked so bound and so just tormented in her mind and you could tell she just came because her cousin dragged her there it wasn't like she was hungry for the presence of God you know um, she just kept to herself and when I saw her I was like that girl it's like Jesus is coming after that girl Um, and so worship started and Um, I wasn't on the team. I was just participating, and she sat in the back on the wall on her phone the whole time, and I was just um, worshiping and doing my own thing, but I just, like, kept feeling drawn to her, and I wanted to just be like, do you know how much God loves you? But I didn't want to, like, freak her out. (laughs) Like, I don't know how to approach this, Lord. Like, I didn't really feel like I was getting anything prophetically to say to her in the moment, Um, and I just felt like God said, just go sit with her. Just go be with her, talk to her, get to know her. I was like, okay. So I go and I sit down with her. and um, Yeah, I just ask her about her life and where she goes to school and just try to get to know her a little bit. And to be honest, I've tried to remember the details of this, but I don't know how we exactly got here. But I ended up asking her, like, do you dream? Do you ever have dreams at night? And she was like, yeah, but they're really dark and I, like, just have nightmares and stuff. And I said, yeah. I said, you know, what's funny about that is, is, Obviously, those aren't good dreams, but you can use, God can use that to help you, to highlight to you what the enemy's trying to do to take you out. And a lot of times when you're having those bad dreams, you can have become to have an awareness of the assignment that he has on your life to, to kill and still and destroy um, so that you can know how to come against that. And she's like, it's so funny you say that. She's like, I keep having these dreams about ending my life. And um, then worship got loud again, and so I couldn't talk anymore. <laughs> so we're just sitting there, and I just began to cry, and like my heart just like for her just getting like bubble up in me. So anyway, when worship died down again, I just prayed with her. I asked her if I could pray for her, and she said sure, and you know just spoke life over her. Um, and that was that Sunday morning. She came to church and still kind of closed off, but I could tell God was moving on her. Um, and so. Uh, yesterday, 
um, I found out, so that same guy that had held the retreat, he and a bunch of others had uh, helped put on a worship night in that same community, and um, she was there. Bryson dragged her along again. And um, during worship, the presence of God fell, and she began to weep. And some people went over to her and started praying and ministering to her, and she gave her life to Jesus. Um, yeah. Her name's Elizabeth. Um, she gave her life to Jesus in um, uh, the area where they were having this worship night is a retreat center, and they have these massive, awesome jacuzzi bathtubs. So naturally, they took her to get baptized, and she joyfully was ready to do it. I saw photos on Facebook, y'all, of her face, and she just looks like 180 degrees different and free. So they baptized her, and um, I didn't know this, but she had been cutting and stuff. And so when they baptized her, she came out of the water, y'all, and all her cutting scars were gone. Yeah. The God who is unchanging makes all things new. He's always doing something new. You guys, we're running out of time. This is stupid. <laughs> Can we just pray and believe and have faith that God bring us a building this year? That we don't have to be worried about time? Come on. Why do we tell these stories? Because it builds our faith. The word says that Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. Well, does that mean this? Well, of course it means this. But it also means hearing the testimony of what God is doing. All right. Sharing us another story with us. So this is not personally related to me, but I was on Facebook yesterday, naturally. And, um, <laughs> and I came across Sean Bowles had, a woman had posted on his page that um, two years ago, Sean Bowles prophesied over her daughter at this event that, in two years, you're going to be completely set free from autism. And yesterday, she went to the doctor, <laughs> and she all of her special needs tests came back completely negative, and she's completely set free. So we don't believe in miracles to see something cool. We believe in miracles because we know that God loves you, and we want to see his glory, and we want to give him glory. So that's why we're contending for miracles in this place. It's not to see something pretty. It's because we love Jesus, and we want to know him. We want to really know him. Kevin and Parker, why don't you guys come down here? This is just really different today. It's okay. Like I said, this is family today, family moment. Come down here. Jamie, why don't you come up here with me? So God has been doing some really cool things in the lives of our friends and family here. You guys aren't just friends, you're family. And he's getting ready to take them on an adventure. God is. Um... What, I was praying about this this morning, and uh, like the phrase that I kept hearing was, God's calling you to be nomad missionaries. So some really cool things have been stirring in their heart, um, and some opportunities, doors have been opening, and they've been paying attention. And then at the, in the middle of that, sometimes uh, there's still trouble that comes. But remember, no trouble, no hard times, nothing thinkable or unthinkable. So the Lord's birthed in their heart uh, to pack up their family and to travel around the United States. They bought this RV, and they traded in their vehicles, and they got a truck that could pull this fifth wheel. 
And uh, as they were telling me, I'm not going to steal your thunder. We don't have time for the whole story. If you're interested, if you know them, come and talk with them. They'll share their story with you. Uh, but as they began to share their story with me, I just became so excited for what God's going to do in their lives and their hearts. And it's not just for their family, but it's not just about what God wants to do in them, but it's about what God wants to do through them as they're traveling around the country. And so uh, we're just excited, and we want to lay hands on you and bless you. And This is a place, this, is, this Seeds Church is a healing place, it's an equipping place, and it's a sending place. Does it hurt that I'm not going to see them? Yeah, it's going to hurt. But I'm not going to just leave in here, you know. What good does that do? I want to come into agreement with God's good plan for their life, and I'm so excited for you. And so we're going to, we're going to, healing, equipping, sending. Would you guys just stretch your hands forward here as we pray over them? This is their last Sunday with us. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for my friends who have become family. And Lord, the years and years that we've known them and got to walk with them, Lord, we're just thankful for those years. Lord, we thank you for this this vision that you've given them to do this with their family. Lord, I just pray that it's such a rich time for however long the season is. God, they might, might think that it's for, you know, a certain period of time, and it might be longer, or it might be shorter. We don't know, but Lord, I just thank you that your spirit is in them, and it leads them and guides them, and God, I thank you that you go before them, and you prepare the way. God, that you pave the road for them as they travel, and Lord, I thank you that they wouldn't just travel uh, for the sake of just seeing cool things, but they are traveling, and they're on mission, God. They're on mission, Wherever they go, looking to see who they, they can change the atmosphere in their life as they carry your presence. Lord, I pray for every road that they drive on. I pray for every place that they park, God. I pray for every person that they encounter. God, that they are atmosphere changers. We come against any kind of uh, plan of attack against the enemy. We resist that. and We come into God's good plan for them. Even in the hard days, Lord, help them remember what it is that, that you put in their heart, what you birthed in their heart. We pray blessing over them. We pray provision. We pray abundance. We pray in, increase, God. We pray that in the lonely days where they, they go, what in the world have we done? <laughs> it's just the three of us. <laughs> Lord, I just thank you, Holy Spirit. You, you're a comforter. And you, again, you remind them what you told them. And Lord, I thank you when they think on your word that you gave to them, the vision that you gave to them for this, that their faith is strong, that it's built. Jesus, thank you that you are the firm foundation that the Dunn family stands on. You are the firm pavement that they drive on. We bless them in your name, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her first. So as we began to plan this out, um, we kind of kept it to ourselves because we were afraid of what people might think. Because how weird is it to sell everything and to just go? And um, 
through that, as we started to leak our story, or our story started to leak out, um, you guys really came alongside of us, and we started getting messages of how the Holy Spirit was putting us in your heart, saying you had no idea about what we were doing. And some of you have come alongside of us and helped us learn how to build and create and organize um, and share our story. And so for that, thank you. Would you all stand before we're sent out from this place? Um, I want us to sing this over you, but just everybody together. And I want you to put whatever you're walking through right now, put it in your head. And we're going to sing this. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any your week, when those thoughts creep up, when anything comes to hinder you, when anything on the road starts to put a doubt in your mind, I want you to sing, my God is greater, my God is stronger, God you are higher than any Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.